0: Hello and welcome back to Ruben and Cut. Today I realized I never gave my review for Indiana Jones, which I have seen. And I do feel like I have some things I want to say about it. Now to be fair, I've only seen it once. Maybe I wouldn't feel the same way about this if I saw it again. And also, I haven't rewatched all the other all the other Indiana Jones movies. I almost did James Bond there. Did you catch it? Spiritually related characters, if you think about it. As uh as actually, his creation was something that George Lucas and uh, George Lucas and uh, Steven Spielberg wanted to make a Bond-esque character, so they made him, and history was made—cinema history, that is. I'm being completely honest. I actually sometimes think that Indiana Jones might be my might be my favorite thing that Steven Spielberg has given to pop culture. I mean, I know, I know, we got ET over here. And I grew up watching the shit out of E.T. the same way I grew up watching the crap out of Indiana Jones and Star Wars. When I was a kid, I was all about those movies. And back to the future. Yeah, I know. I'm a millennial. I grew up. These were the action-adventure movies of my childhood. Although, as a, child, in, as a child, I was completely oblivious to the fact that The Power of Love was the uh, friggin'... The friggin' theme song to the back to the future one which uh is like uh what the hell guys first of all it, it doesn't fit the movie at all uh unless you're making some type of elaborate joke at the fact that his mom wants to bang him what yeah no it also it, it just sounds like generic 80s crap sorry to whoever made that song it's just like come on man I, I, as a child, I completely forgot this even existed. I, okay, wait, I'm getting sidetracked here. I fell down a millennial, uh, millennial, uh, what you call it, nostalgia rabbit hole there for a second. But let's let's pull ourselves back to Indiana Jones. There've been a lot of Indiana Jones movies. You got, uh, raise the lost ark, classic, possibly the best. Jam- uh, almost did it again. Possibly the best Indiana Jones movie. Uh, Like I said, I haven't rewatched them all to give them a true ranking. Maybe I should make that a video. Tape. Podcast. You know what I mean. I'm having a weird day. Give me a break. You have weird days. You know it. But anyways, you got your Raiders of the Lost Ark, quite possibly the best one, even though the Raiders of the Lost Ark clearly spells out the fact that uh, while Indiana Jones was a college professor, he uh, had an affair with a 15-year-old who he was friends with their dad. So that's a that's thing that's in that movie. The 80s were a weird time, man. You got to understand. Boomers did not understand. Like, boomers, boomers were all, are all hebophiles. It, it's a fact. All boomers are ebophiles. Although, to be fair, I read a statistic one time that said about 95% of people actually have uh, hebophilic tendencies. However, you know, like just for just for the record, that that doesn't make it okay to have an affair with your friend's fifteen-year-old daughter. That's uh, that's still mighty, mighty, mighty fucked up, Indiana Jones. But I'm getting sidetracked again. Point is, Raise the Lost Ark, classic, brilliant, possibly best Indiana Jones movie. Then you got Temple of Doom, and uh, Temple of Doom, it's the, uh, it's okay. I mean, it's not bad. But like it was the first Indiana Jones movie to make you go, eh, it's just this just feels like a sequel. Just just feels sequelly. Sequelitis. is that the term? I think it is. We of course have The Last Crusade, which of co- which actually brings in one of the James Bond actors, making a full circle. Sean Connery, of course plays indiana jones's dad which uh metaphorically feels uh it's a very meta joke it seems like a very meta joke i approve last crusade uh i don't know if it's better than raise the lost ark but uh it is better than the temple of doom it is definitely possibly the best or second best of the james bond movies like i said i'd have to re-watch them all to give you a an actual ranking. This is just me going off of memory mostly here, but it's a good idea for a podcast episode. I'll have to do that. Where was I? All oh, right. Then, after Temple of Doom, we had King of the Crystal Skulls, which I'm going to be honest, I think got a lot of criticism it didn't really deserve, uh, because that criticism, like, seemed like it was made by people who had never watched Indiana Jones movies before. Now, don't be me wrong. I actually do think the Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls is one of the weakest James Bond movies. There's just, there's just something about it that feels off. Like it's, si- like, it's a weird mishmash of simultaneously feeling very dated, but also having much more CGI than any other Indiana Jones movie. Or at least more noticeable CGI. I don't know how much CGI is actually in the newest one. It looks like a lot of practical effects. But I know they at least were uh, de-aging Harrison Ford and slapping his face on stunt doubles with computers. So we know that's at least in there. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, King of the Crystal Skulls was heavily criticized for a lot of weird things. Like the scene where James Bond... Bar- uh, did it again. Indiana Jones throws himself into a, uh, refrigerator, a lead-lined refrigerator to get, bl- to survive a nuclear explosion. That's, I'll admit, that's pretty wild and fantastical. However, this is also a franchise where, uh, you know, the, the last, the, the Ark of the Covenant melted a bunch of Nazis' faces. I don't, I don't think anyone came here for the science, is what I'm saying. And then also people were mad that the end it's interdimensional aliens are the uh the root of this one never mind if that's the actual theory that goes along with the crystal skulls that anyone should have been able to see coming if they'd ever done any research into the crystal skulls to find out this is one of the most prominent of the friggin theories about them and also george lucas is obsessed with this kind of shit no really george lucas was a big i think the world is going to end in 2012 guy really Really, I I don't know if anyone's asked him about it since. But uh one does want to be like, hey, George, do you feel weird about that at all? You seem pretty certain that 2012 was the end of the world. King of the Crystal Skull was criticized for having aliens in it, which once again, I think is kind of a dumb complaint because, well, you know, it's. A series where we saw a still beating heart be voodooed out of a guy's chest. Although, wait a minute, no. Wrong part of the country. Wrong part of the world. What do they call magic from what do they call magic from that part of the world? I don't know. I have to look it up. Not gonna look it up right now, though. Cause that would be a distraction. Moving along. And then of course, in the last crusade, a bunch of people try to drink from the holy grail. And one guy drinks and somebody drinks from the wrong grail fucking turns to dust. Also, they find the Holy Grail in a room with a guy who's been alive since the crusades. What I'm saying here is that like, if your problem with the Indiana Jones movie, is that something wildly fantastical occurs? I don't, I don't think you understand what these movies are about. They're like James Bond, but with more. Just more. Archaeology has always had sort of a, a tilt towards the supernatural or fantastical. That's part of the appeal. I mean, it's not necessarily realistic, but like it's hard to escape the general je ne sais quoi of this. I hope I'm using that correctly. Of, of the weird extra paranormal and supernatural things that occur inside of freaking Indiana Jones movies. I don't know if a lot of people were willing to give the, the first and third movie a pass because Christianity. But like... What? I mean... I, I mean... I'm down with God. But like, I don't... That theory doesn't make me think less about aliens. But there are a couple things that I do think are worth pointing out about the Crystal Skulls that I do think are worth uh criticizing like okay so first of all you heard me say it uh it is a strange combination of outdated and attempts to be modern for that period of time like there's just something about it that feels off like it's trying to imitate the overall feeling of an indiana jones movie from the bygone era and on top of that indiana jones fights communists and i'm going to i have a theory here all the best indiana jones movies indiana jones fights nazis no think about it first movie fights nazis classic cinematic masterpiece second movie he is eh, going around stealing shit from brown people Nazis aren't really super important to it. Unless I'm forgetting... Unless I'm forgetting something. Wait, who were the white bad guys in that movie? They weren't Nazis, were they? I feel like they weren't Nazis. Okay, this I'm actually gonna have to look up. Nope, I was right. Not Nazis. His main villain is brown people. Ew. Bad... That choice aged poorly. Talking about Mola Rahm. It's absurdly hard to forget. And yet I forgot him. His evil scheme is, collect, is to collect five Sankara stones and use them to bring about the reign of the goddess Kali. What makes him the top villain of the franchise? Simply put, he's the most memorable one. Movie Web, you are full of shit. Uh, I remembered Kate Blanchett as a communist before I m- remembered his ass. Although in fairness, Temple of Doom, the only Indiana Jones movies I've watched less than Temple of Doom are... Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls, and the new one. Oh, wait, that's right. I was criticizing Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls. Right, it's got communists instead of Nazis. This seems like a clear translation, but it's not. Was Stalin a fascist? I mean, yeah, that, that's accurate. But Kate Blanchett is a not, as a communist doesn't have the same, I don't know, oomph, as the, uh, as the very, I don't know, you know? It's like, like milk and cookies. Indiana Jones punching Nazis like it's you can't that's the way it's meant to be it's like an essential ingredient any any Indiana Jones movie or James where did it again if I make when I make a video if I make a video edit of this which I might not because I don't know who's gonna watch this after the movie's not new anymore I don't know the point is I might make a counter of how many times I say James Bond instead of Indiana Jones is what I was going to say. But the point is, is Punching Nazis is where all the James Bond, God damn it, all the Indiana Jones movies hit their sweet spot. In fact, I would argue, I think, I actually do think that, uh, I think Tyler dial of destiny is probably and like i said i haven't rewatched them all to rank them is probably the third best indiana jones movie now let me be clear up front it doesn't really it doesn't completely get there in terms of delivering the classic like it doesn't doesn't hit the same way that the original two movies that those first that raiders of the lost ark and the last crusade do and maybe even Temple of Doom hits this thing. hits a little bit differently in a way that's superior also. But I still think Dial of Destiny is the third best Indiana Jones movie. Partly because it also doesn't do that. Let me explain. In- Harrison Ford was like 78 or 79 when he made this movie. He is currently 80. Still looking good. And the movie doesn't try to run away from this fact. Now, I'm not sure how old he's supposed to be playing in this movie, but it takes place in the 60s, shortly after we've successfully launched astronauts into space. That's actually very plot important, by the way. And no, they don't go to space. It's actually a far more realistic and grounded reason that that is important. But I'm getting ahead of myself. What I was going to say there is that this movie is about Indiana Jones being old. It is about him being old. The movie is acknowledging the fact that he is retirement age adventuring. And the film even demonstrates this because when we meet him, well, technically when we meet him, it's in a flashback to World War II where he's punching Nazis like he, you know, ought to be, where uh he has an encounter on a train with a na- the nazi scientist played by mads Mikkelsen, who by the way i don't know if it's because i just saw it but i actually do think that he is a great indiana jones villain now maybe it's just because mads Mikkelsen is great i'm sorry everyone but he was better than johnny depp in those harry potter movies I know we're all sad because Johnny Depp got screwed over in a in what appears to be an unfair way. And I would agree with that, but Mads Mikkelsen acted acting wise blew him out of the fucking water. It wasn't even close. Johnny Depp was just doing whatever the fuck Johnny Depp's been doing for the last decade. Mads Mikkelsen comes in there. And I don't know if it's the fact that Mads Mikkelsen just naturally looks like a Nazi psychopath, but he comes in there and it's just like, bam, you feel it. I feel his villainy unlike whatever giant Depp was doing just felt like a weird cartoon Still won't save the franchise but my point is mads mickelson's great he's good in this as in the movie directly one of the things that i liked about the movies that it directly tied in and connected the fact that uh, you know the u.s government brought a lot of nazis over after world war ii to do science and shit And that's who Mads Mikkelsen is when we meet him back up in the 60s. He is a Nazi scientist who just helped make the American space rockets. And now he's trying to use his leverage that he got from launching those rockets to gain control of something called the Dial of Destiny, which he believes will allow him to travel through time. Nothing too spoilery yet, by the way. This is the basic premise of the movie. That's what the villain's goal is. And of course, here comes Indiana Jones to save the day. Now, there's a lot going on here. Now, because Indiana Jones is, you know, old, he has a lot more trouble fighting the Nazis, but he still gets in some good punches to the face. And it actually adds some kind of tension to a lot of things, knowing that the once uh, very, very dangerous Indiana Jones is not at 100%. He's struggling to still do the adventuring he used to do it's part of them and it's part of the movie one of Mads Mikkelsen's Nazi henchmen but to be fair one of Mads Mikkelsen's Nazi henchmen would have been difficult for any of us to punch in the face dude is freaking huge Boyd Holbrook is the is his other Nazi henchman by the way who uh who does a good job I, although i will say i do believe that the movie logan is what got him this part i'm just saying oh wait no that totally makes sense james mangold directed that too also that's the interesting thing here this is the first one of these movies not directed by steven spielberg as far as i'm aware i'll have, I'll have to double check that it might come up in the editing but but yeah when we meet mads Mikkelsen, he is currently working with a liaison from the cia played by Shanetta Renee Wilson, who uh, does not realize what this uh, Nazi is up to. Worth mentioning. However, the big female character of the movie is Phoebe Waller-Bridge as Helena Shaw, playing a, uh, playing Indiana Jones's goddaughter. Who he hasn't seen in a long time. And she also wants to die with Destiny, but she doesn't, but she doesn't necessarily believe in its magical properties. She just, you know, wants to sell it for tons of money. But Indiana Jones is like, no, it belongs in a museum. And in fairness, it is a Greek artifact this time. So maybe white people can take it. Although I guess, I guess Greek white people would have first di- first dibs. Oh, side note, this movie also features Antonio Banderas as a greek person although i really liked him as that greek guy just just saying so yeah a lot of people been shitting on this movie and i've heard some people say that they didn't think certain things were developed enough and maybe that's true maybe that's something i would notice on a second viewing but for the first viewing i won't lie i got into it It starts out strong with the nazi train fight scene and then it goes on in a on an adventure through Greece, It's kind of cool. The dynamic between Mads Mickelson and Indiana Jones is good. Phoebe, honestly, Phoebe Waller-Bridges as Helena Shaw is real cool also. I was concerned that they might be annoying at certain points. However, no. The movie has no intention to make her character in any ways weird or creepy or anything like that. I think her character comes off well here. Okay, not really so much her character as the way other characters might've treated her character as creepy and weird. But the thing is that she's also got a lot of Indiana Jones sort of attitude in her herself. Although to be fair, she's interested in using this stuff for, uh, you know, making money instead of putting it in a museum. Such a capitalist. She also has her own child sidekick, played by ethan Isidore, a character named teddy and uh you know what i thought he worked out pretty well in it too you know as this uh as this kid from morocco casual thief who's sort of like the short round to phoebe waller bridges you know uh indie in a way now the movie makes no in- indication that these characters would somehow become indiana jones 6 i really don't think that would make sense come on people harrison ford himself has said he wants the character to die with him which honestly why not why not the nature of film is that we can save it unless unless of course you're a streaming service and you've just purged purged a movie from your services that have never ever had a hard copy streaming services you're making it really hard to not believe in piracy just just so you know just so you know making it real fucking hard not to believe in piracy give me back american pickle hbo max you fucking cowards where was i All right indiana jones and the dial of destiny i yeah yeah overall i would say i dug indiana jones and the dial of destiny thought i kicked ass is it the best Indiana Jones movie ever? I don't think so. Probably not. Like I said, I'd have to re-watch them. Alright. I'm going to get into some spoilers, some things I really liked that uh, I don't think I should ruin for you. So, uh, I'm going to put an ad break here. I-, I honestly don't know if they're currently putting ads in my videos uh, because I don't currently qualify to make money off of those ads. I just consider it a Useful device here to make sure that people don't accidentally get to the spoiler section Also, hopefully at some point I will be able to make money from ads But uh, I have to I have to be able to consistently get a hundred viewers for every 60 days And I consistently hover somewhere between 88 and 94 And like I'm not ashamed of those numbers, but it is frustratingly close That's individual listeners, by the way. But anyways, where was I? Yes. So should you go see Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny? Honestly, I don't know what people are complaining about. Not not really. I thought it was a fun, action-packed ride that uh, brings a little bit of that Indiana Jones spark back, but also has a unique Indiana Jones perspective that we just haven't explored in any way in any other James Bond movies. God damn it. (laughs) Oh, keep doing that. Indiana Jones movies. Dear Lord. Maybe I just like movies that are about growing old. And dealing with your mortality. Because No Time to Die is also one of my favorite James Bond movies. I have not given any spoilers at this current moment. So let me just say, if you enjoy this podcast, please like and subscribe. Please share it with your friends who also enjoy podcasts. And, uh, you know, uh, feel free to f- give me feedback at the show at rubenuncut at gmail.com. Also, check out the YouTube channel, Rubin on YouTube, which I need to do more with, to be fair. All right. Thank you for listening to the non-spoiler section prepare thyself for the spoilers if you have not well if you've already seen it okay so we're in the spoilers section now you've no one to blame but yourself if i spoil things for you honestly i really like i really like the final confrontation in this movie i think it's dope uh, like the whole thing is just cool to me then sneak uh helena shaw sneaking on the plane the kid the kid uh stealing that plane that just happens to have a pilot sleeping in the back of it indiana jones being taken prisoner on the main plane with the nazis the revelation that mads Migelson's character is so is such a nazi that he his real plan is not is is not to help hitler succeed but actually to kill and replace hitler to be a better more successful hitler that is his plan and i thought that was pretty good also i love the moment where indiana jones uh has the realization that the calculations for time travel are probably off because uh, archimedes didn't know about continental drift so instead of going back in time to 1939 to kill and replace hitler as the leader of the nazi party they all they end up in the middle of a battle in ancient greece yeah instead of finding themselves in italy 1939 it's ancient greece and they're and and the nazis end up finding find themselves uh dealing pretty poorly with ancient technology <laughs> as it tries to kill them i don't know if this is this is some of my favorite parts of the movie. This is probably some of my favorite parts of the movie, to be honest. Um, but, you know, like the acting is all great. Uh, let's see here. What other parts that I really like? I really enjoyed, I guess I really enjoyed a lot of the performances in this movie. Um, even if they were small. Like Antonio Banderas' character is not in the movie a long time. But I really enjoyed him while he was. Although, to be fair, there was a part of me going, is that Antonio Banderas? I think that's Antonio Banderas. I'm gonna have to Google this. Arguably, arguably, arguably there are definitely some things to be more uh, developed. To be fair, it's already a two-hour and twenty-two-minute movie. Okay. I personally have no problem watching longer movies. I watched John Wick. That was nearly three. John Wick Four was nearly three hours, and uh, I loved every minute of it. Indiana Jones here, two hours and twenty-two minutes. I don't know what they uh, what. Maybe there could have been some more development that uh, could have gone into the movie in terms of certain things. But overall, overall, I actually do think this is the best James Bond movie. We, God damn it, every time Indiana Jones movie that we could possibly that we could ask for of Harrison Ford at this point in his career. You know, like how good, how good. Could a movie starring ancient Harrison, Harrison Ford be? Well, it can be this good. Harrison Ford, by the way, it's nice to see him in this role. Sometimes you forget how good of an actor Harrison Ford is because he's, because he's, on, he's mostly on screen being Han Solo for a paycheck in a franchise. He keeps trying to get them to let, to let him leave, and yet they can't even shows up as a goddamn force ghost in in episode nine. Now, to be fair, he doesn't look like a force ghost. But what else would be happening here? He's a force ghost. As many people have pointed out, Han Solo is almost definitely force sensitive. There's a lot of theories online about how Han Solo is actually force sensitive. And the movie, he's just never been trained or acknowledged it. He's unaware of his force sensitivity, but he has it. Where was I? right the spoilers what else is worse what else is worth commenting that i would consider a spoiler uh bu- 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 right so uh so the whole thing with the uh, the nazis and the cia that that of course that's gonna get me because that's a big part of my whole outline of my major conspiracy theory about what's fucked up with america is is relating to that i just really think that final moment especially the part right before they go through the time rift where Mads Mickelson's character like stops and thinks about it. And then suddenly at the last minute, like realizes his mistake and starts to yell at everyone to turn around, but it's too late and they get pulled into the thing. And for a brief moment, for a brief moment, he believes that his plan has succeeded. And then they look down and there's the Greek armies fighting. And now they know, now they know. And that's just a, I I just think that's a really great moment. For me, that was a lot of fun. It was a nice payoff. Cause like the whole time I'm watching the movie and I'm thinking to myself, okay, to stay in tradition of Jane Indiana Jones tropes, whatever the villains are planning to do with this item is gonna backfire on them hysterically. And it does that's 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 the trope all great indiana jones movies have this moment raise the lost ark nazis melt their faces off when they open the ark of the covenant last crusade a bunch of nazis die in traps but then also the last minute the last guy thinks he's getting the grail but really it's one of the it's one of the uh it's one of the uh the bad choice cups and it kills him it's fucking great that stuff i just that i think that's an essential part of indiana jones now i don't i don't remember now i don't remember what happened to the communists and king of the christmas Skulls. i assume it backfired hilariously and i also don't remember what happened to what's his face rom from uh temple of doom i assume they all died but I, I honestly don't remember what happened to Ron. Like, I don't remember what the... Was, was, there an, was there an irony to his death? A poetic justice, maybe? I I don't know. Not Really not sure. But... I do think that that is something that all Indiana Jones movies need, is that type of moment where, like, the power turns out to be the last thing these characters really should have wanted. What else is there to say that's spoilery? Oh. It has an underwater sequence uh where they go diving. And I thought that was pretty cool. Um, it's it's kind of funny also because like that they, they're going to get into the waters and Greece, and like they notice that there's like a bunch of something in the water. And Antonio Banderas' character is basically like, oh, it's eels. It's eels. And they're like, and they're like eels. And like one of the characters mentions that eels look like that the eels kind of look like snakes, and Indiana Jones is like what? <laughs> no, Indiana Jones is clearly freaked out by that. And There's a whole sequence underwater where he's where he's getting attacked by the eels, and they have and they're pulling him out. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. It's really good stuff. Oh, and the part the part where uh, the part where they uh, uncover the truth about the uh, the directions to the to the treasure that was real good. Like, that was really cool. The, the moment where, like, Indiana Jones' character suddenly realizes that the, what is supposed to be essentially wood with wax on it is way too heavy, and they, they melt it all off, and there's the real directions. That was cool. Honestly, I think Indiana Jones in and of Destiny is just a nice world-traveling adventure, the kind of which, you know, you go to see an Indiana Jones movie for. Okay, that's my major thoughts. Uh, Please like and subscribe, email the show, all that jazz. Check out the YouTube.